let's pretend you had the opportunity to sit down and have a face-to-face with God. Now, it's pretend because I know that in reality, you say, but you'd be just blown away by His glorious splendor. It says that God dwells in unapproachable light. And I realize that. But, but let's pretend. You could sit down face-to-face with God, and He were to say to you this, tell me what you need. Tell me what you need. Well, I'll tell you what. For me, I'd have a lot of things. Probably the first question is, how much time do I have? <laughs> because we have so many needs. We have so many needs. And when you're a needy person, we said the most natural thing you'll ever do is pray. You're just, we're drawn to pray. The creature naturally responds to speak to Creator and pray. But I know for me, it's the hardest thing in the Christian life for me to do, is to pray. A lot of times, because I'm so busy trying to get it done myself, I, I, you know, I'm going to go make it happen. I'm trying, working. Other times I wonder, is God even here? Does He know what's going on? Is He going to do anything? Because the last time I, I prayed about this, or I've been praying on and on and on about this, and, and God's not answered yet. And so we put it off. And, and, and yet it is what Jesus made a habit and a pattern of His own life is what He challenged us to do And the disciples that were following him saw the pattern of his life, and they they too were very needy people, and so they made this request, and it's quoted in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 11, verse 1, where the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. So two different accounts that we have in the Gospels of Jesus showing them a pattern for prayer. And the pattern is what we call the Lord's Prayer or the Disciples' Prayer. And he says, this is how you should pray. And it's pretty familiar to us. And it's found in chapter 6 of Matthew. And and I'm going to quote it in just a minute. But the part that we're going to look at this morning is the first personal request. There are several requests. It comes to this first personal request where he says... This is how you should pray. Give us our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. Now what I'd like to do is is everything has context. So it's in that request, give us this day or give us today our daily bread is in the context of this short prayer. And it goes like this. You can say it with me. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So this little section that begins to deal with my needs. If you had that opportunity to sit down face-to-face and the Lord said, what do you need? What do you need? Well, we would all 
I think I'd take at least an hour, and I could, and that's talking fast. What do you need? Give us today our daily bread. The context of this really is important that we understand, and I want to, to kind of to get to that. We'll we'll consider how he addresses, how he calls us to address him with the name Father. And we talked about that earlier, and I think it's so important that, that you realize that when you pray to see God as Father, He's a lot more than Father, but He wants you to see Him as personal, real, relational. So He says, here's how you come to me. You see me as Father. And for most of us, we have to overcome earthly thoughts of that, experiences that we've had that are less than perfect, and He is the perfect Father. So he says, this is how you pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, or holy be your name. And his name is an important part. It, it kind of sets up all these requests. Is I can come to you. You're personal. You're real. You're my Father. And your name tells me who you are and what you do. So it begins to describe his power, his knowledge, his wisdom, his greatness, his love, his kindness, And his name really begins to anchor our faith in his capacity and his supernatural ability to meet the need that you have. He is a great God. Not only is he a good and approachable father, he is a great God. And then he makes this request, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, what what he's saying is we pray that God's kingdom, in other words, his realm, his authority, be done, be advanced. And I, as one of his children, trust the fact that he knows what he's doing, and I willingly will submit to that. So this morning, what I'd like to do is we we look at Matthew chapter 6 to consider this little request, give us today our daily bread, to see what does that mean? Give us today our daily bread. Secondly, what is the relevance? We're going from Scripture that was written many years ago to a relevance to where I, where I am today. How does, this, how does this fit with me? And then I've got a couple applications. So meaning, relevance, and then the application. When, when you say, what does it mean? When the Lord says, give us today our daily bread. Bread is, throughout the Bible, a, a picture of food, of clothing, of shelter, of protection, of security. Basically, it, when he says, give us today our daily bread, he's saying, this is my request, Lord, give me today everything I need. Everything I need. And we need a lot. So, He's speaking of all of this, all of our needs, that we have a God that knows you personally. He knows you intimately. He already knows all of your needs, but he wants you to come to him and express what you need. And he says, give us today, today our daily bread. So we're not talking about yesterday's bread or tomorrow's bread. We're really talking about bread for today. And most of us are uncomfortable living that way. 
If you think about it, God is saying to you, I am going to meet every single need you have, but I'm going to do do it on a day-by-day basis. I'm not just going to say, okay, everything's taken care of. You can see it. We're going to stockpile all the bread. (laughs) And so we're going to take all the food and all the clothing, all the money that you need to live out the rest of your life, and we're going to put it in a big bank and let you go there whenever you want. And I believe this, that the reason God is teaching us to depend upon him every day, you get up every day, you have to learn to trust him again, is because the greatest thing he desires with you is a personal, real, intimate relationship. You see, Christianity is not a religion. It's about relationship. And we're the type of people, you know, just give me what I need. I'll put it all in my my suitcases, and I'll, I'll just take it with me on through life. But what Jesus is saying is that I want you to pray in such a way that for today, I'm going to give you everything you need. Everything. You won't lack anything. And what about tomorrow? <laughs> tomorrow, you'll fulfill the same promise. Some of you may recognize the name George Mueller, but he lived in the 19th century. He was a pastor in Bristol, England. And he began an orphanage, and and during his lifetime, he cared for, fed, housed, and educated over 10,000 kids. And to get into his orphanage, both parents had to be dead. So he was taking kids off the street. And when he was asked, why is it that you chose that kind of work? Why didn't you go into missions work or just pastoring or just teaching? What, what really moved in you to open an orphanage to care for children? And here's what he said. He said, I felt that it, there was no better way in all of the world for God to get glory than taking care of children. And so he, he thought... He knows that God loves kids, (laughs) and he's promised to take care of them. Now, here's something interesting about George Mueller. Everything he did with that orphanage, all those kids, and at one time, 300, he's feeding, clothing, bedding down, and educating 300 children at a time. And they went day by day feeding them. George Mueller never asked for money. He didn't go around. He didn't send out prayer letters. He didn't go on TV. Didn't have it back then. And say, if you'll send this much money, I'll send you something else. He didn't do any of that. He said, I will not ask for money. I'm only asking God. And so even when people who were wealthy would come to him and they'd say, uh, I'm, I'm ready to, to give you money or write a check. How much do you need? He said, Lord knows what I need. Now, I don't know if I'd have that much faith. (laughs) Someone said to me, how much do you need? I think, well, (laughs) say, well, that's really unusual. That the only person George Mueller talked to about needs was God. You say, well, that's good for yourself, but for 300 little children, 
Every day, he's saying, Lord, give us today the bread we need. So one morning, and there, there are a lot of stories that you can read about the same type of thing. One morning, he gets up. The children are all getting dressed and going into the dining hall for breakfast. And one of his assistants come, comes up and says, we have no food. Okay, kids are going in. You know what kids are like when they don't eat, don't you? <laughs> kids are all coming in, going to sit down. They're all dressed, ready for the day, ready to go to school, to have breakfast. And, and she says to George Mueller, we have no food. So he goes in, gets in front of all the children who are standing, and he leads in prayer, thanking God for the food that they're going to eat. <laughs> because God will never fail to fulfill his promises. When you're his child, he will meet every single need that you have. Now, it might wear you out going through the process when we worry, but he didn't worry. He prayed and thanked the Lord, and right when he finished his prayer, there was a knock at the door. And it was the baker. And he said, I couldn't sleep all night. And and it's as if God spoke to me, go bake bread for George Mueller. And I've been baking bread all night. And here it is. And right behind him, the milkman came and said, I broke down, my wagon broke down right in front of your orphanage. And it's going to take time to fix the, the wheel. And the milk is going to spoil. I've got ten large containers of milk. Could you take them? And the kids were fed. Now, I don't know about you, but if I had 300 kids in a room, I'd probably be making phone calls, and I'd be doing a lot of things. But George Mueller is is one of those great testimonies to the truth and the reality of this fact that, that there is something about a relationship that God is building in you through that. You don't stockpile it. God wants you to walk with Him and talk to Him about every need that you have all the time. Now, does God give you the answer to everything that you think you need right away? No. And you don't do that for your kids either, do you? The kids never say, I want that. They say, I need that, right? No, you don't need that. I need that. And God, in His great love and plan and sovereignty and the timing, the timing of His provision and the way He provides, but, but more than a parent, more than a grandparent, God delights to meet the needs of His children. And He said, here's how I want you to pray. Every day, Lord, give us what we need. Our daily bread. Give that to us every day. And, and the other word I want you to consider is give. You know, we, we look at bread. It's, it's, it's all that we need in life. Do it daily. That's building relationship. But give. Give us bread. He doesn't say, 
Give us bread for our work. The word give doesn't imply that I earn it. And that's the nature of grace. We take pride in working and getting paid. But salvation and eternal life are gifts from God. You can't earn them and you don't deserve them. But the nature of this daily bread is that God gives it to us out of His goodness, out of His love, and out of His care. And it's grace. And it's the nature of the Christian life. And I think that, you know, we tend to say, well, I know that I'm saved by grace. I know I'm going to heaven by grace. I prayed and trusted Jesus as my Savior, and that's all by grace. But then we turn right around and we say, okay, Lord, I'll take it from here. And that, that's practically and functionally how a lot of Christians live their lives. They just go on living it. But not only are you saved by grace, we live every day by grace when God provides our needs out of the goodness of His heart. You think that that, that takes a bit of humility? Because <laughs> I take pride in my work, but, but to have someone give me something, it takes humility, and that's the way that we come to the Lord. So that's the meaning of the text. And, and what every believer should pray every day, Lord, give me today everything I need. Give every, everything that I need, and I'm trusting in you, just like George Mueller. So what's the relevance? What's the relevance of this Lord's Prayer and give us today our daily bread to where you live right now? And it's interesting that it's because we tend to just worry about everything. You see, when we have needs, like we all do, and we'd have a lot to tell to God in a face-to-face, the, the tendency we just move to automatically every day is to worry, to fret, and to fear. And that is so contrary to the way God expects a Christian to live. A Christian should be so uniquely different than anyone else in the world because they're filled with hope and joy and love and peace. That's the fruit of the, what we call the fruit of the evidence of the Spirit. Is, is a Christian can walk through the same storm, the same trials, the same difficulties, the same heartache, and have an unusual peace and a joy. Now, I'm not saying you don't have pain, you don't have needs. But it's different because you have a God in heaven that you know is in absolute control and you trust in His goodness. But I think that that even though that here, mentally and intellectually, we believe all that. You know what? God is in control. He knows everything. He's good. We still emotionally can't get there. We know it. We don't feel it. And so you see Christians who, who have a heavenly Father that says, pray, pray, and ask me for daily bread. Call, call to me. I'll take care of you. And, and that's all true, and they believe it here, but in reality, they walk through life, <laughs> oh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Now, you may not physically do that, but inside, that's what's going on. You're just in a knot. 
In the same chapter, this is uh, chapter 6 of Matthew, and in verse 25, he says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, about your body, what you're going to wear, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. See that picture? They're not storing all things up. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Think about that. If the birds don't store it up, and God takes care of the birds, how much more valuable are you? Can anyone of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that even Solomon in all of his splendor was, was not dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not so much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? And it says, For the pagans run after these things. Think about it. The pagans, in other words, people that that are without God, they run after these things. But your Father, your Heavenly Father, knows that you need them. And then we come to verse 33, which is one of those, like, my all-time favorite verses, because it just, it just sums it up. He says, he says, but, here's what you do. Seek first his kingdom. In other words, this is at the beginning of the prayer, the Lord's Prayer. Seek first his kingdom. In other words, God's will and his righteousness and all these things, food, clothing, shelter, security, water, all these will be given to you. He says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And I thought, well, what is the relevance? It is just, it, it's amazing that we still, knowing what we know, worry like we worry. And I think it's because we focus on the gift and not the giver. In other words, the gifts, like I see the food, I see the water, I see the clothing, I see God's all these things, and we're, we're, we're getting all this together and feeling secure. But when I'm with Him, I have everything. Okay, you are a child of the King, and you sit at His table. Now think about that. What do you want me to pass to you? I mean, you sit at his table. You say, well, I'm really worried about what we're going to eat tomorrow. You're sitting at the king's table. And, it, and it's not the stuff. It's the relationship that you have with the provider of every single thing you need. I would say that that is mentally, spiritually, physically, emotionally. He will meet every need you have. 
but it's all wrapped up in him. So you're with him. Where are we going to spend the night? <laughs> and Jesus, you, have you heard this expression that he told his disciples? Because they, they were saying, where, do you, where are you staying? And he said, foxes have holes, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. In other words, I don't have a place. Well, that's really comforting. But you know what? Everywhere he went, he took care of everyone. So the personal relationship, from that flows the security, the benefits, and the care. And, and, and think about this. What could tomorrow bring? Well, I'm not really worried about it because I've got a great retirement plan. How secure is that? I've got a great job. How secure is that? I've got great health. All it takes is one doctor's visit. Change your life. Right? So you can, you can rest in all of those things. Be gone. All that you own, all that you have, all your job, all your health, all at once. So when you rest in, in, in the stuff, you're always going to be like this. Christians don't live that way because they walk with the one who provides every need we have. So that's the relevance. The relevance is you tend to worry. You tend to fear. You tend to fret. You have a hard time connecting what you know with what you feel. But now the application. And I'd I'd like to just illustrate this with two people. The first one is Moses. Most of us have seen movies like The Exodus and Moses. I say, what, ask people, what does Moses look like? He said, he looks just like Charlton Heston. <laughs> so Moses, he is leading the children of Israel, God's people, out of bondage, out of Egypt to the promised land, okay? And this is, this is a picture we identify with. The bondage is our sin. The bondage is death. The bondage is captivity. And Moses, as a savior of sorts, comes to rescue the people. And he leads them out of bondage, and they're part, they go through a parted sea. The Red Sea, they go through and They travel through the wilderness, and they end up in the promised land, which is a land flowing with milk and honey, which in in many ways, and not exclusively what we picture, that's finally getting to be with the Lord, be in heaven. There are other ways to, to apply that too. But you're going from bondage and captivity and death through the wilderness into the promised land. And, and as soon as they cross through the Red Sea, there's several things that happen. They're in the wilderness, and they had, they had a little bit of trouble getting through the wilderness. It, t- it took actually, rather than taking a few weeks, it took 40 years. <laughs> That's another story. But the first thing he did is he provided direction for them by giving them a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And so when the cloud moved or the pillar of fire moved, they moved. 
And, and it wasn't so much about him giving them a map. It's not the way God functions. This cloud and pillar represents his presence. Okay, he, he is still distant for a lot of people in the Old Testament. But it represents his presence. And he says, my presence will go before you. So he is showing them the way. The way from Egypt, the way to the promised land, is not following the map on my own. It is staying with him, walking with him, being with him, enjoying his presence. He shows the way. We also find on Mount Sinai the giving of what we call the law, the Ten Commandments. And the words of God are given carved out on stone. So now the people have His Word. And the important part about having His Word is that, that it's truth. God's Word is truth. I'd also say that, you say, what is reality? Reality is truth, and truth is reality. How do we ever get a, a, a sense of reality in life? Or to know what is right, what is true, is God's Word is truth. And so, when God gave the Word, His Word, to His people, He communicated to them in a personal way to give them the instructions on how to live. This is how you live. And it wasn't just the Ten Commandments. I mean, if you read through, in fact, sometimes you try to go through Leviticus, and I, and I don't suggest that if people say, I'm going to start reading my Bible every day, and I'm going to start in Leviticus. Because you get, get bogged down with a lot of laws and rules. But the point is, God gives His Word to show you how to live. And it also helps you come to know Him. Now, the third thing that God did was they were hungry. They started complaining. And it says, He rained down bread. He called it manna. And manna is... What the word means is, what's this? <laughs> what is it? <laughs> because they were hungry, and God would bring enough food for that day. And if you read through the story, he didn't bring enough for tomorrow. He brought enough for today. And if you gathered up more than you needed, it would rot. But everyone had all they needed every day. And on Friday... The day before the Sabbath, Sabbath was Saturday, they got twice as much because he didn't deliver the bread on, on the Lord's day, the Sabbath. But every other day, God gave all that you need for that one day, but you did not have any for tomorrow. And again, he is teaching them daily dependence. I will take care of you. I'll show you the way with the cloud and the pillar. I'll give you the truth so that you can know me and how to live. And I'm going to provide for you everything you need. Now, say, so why are you going through all this? Because in the New Testament, when we come to Jesus, Jesus says in John 14, verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way cloud. I am the truth, the word, and I'm the life. Everything you need to live. 
I am. And we go from the picture to the person. Everything that we saw in the Old Testament is is like this unfolding, developing story that comes to introduce us to the person of Jesus Christ, who gives you not only life to live, daily bread, guidance in your life, and everything you need to know what to do, but He gives you eternal life. And I love reading this. I'm not, you don't need to turn here, but in John chapter 6, this is what he says. He says, I am the bread of life. He said, your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness and are dead. <laughs> so, oh, it's not too comforting. Yeah, but, but what he's saying is, I fed them physically, but they died. I am the bread of life, but here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. <laughs> you know, when I, when I see that, I, this last week I was going to stand up out of my chair and I go, that is so exciting. <laughs> because, you know, the, the cloud and the pillar, it's, it's, it was real. It's really happening. He's really teaching them something, but it's a picture. And then, and then once you... You know, I remember back when I was in uh, college, I was dating my wife. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd always be opening my wall and pull out her picture. You know, I do that all the time, especially during the summer when I was working and she's working back in Kansas. I just pull out her picture. But you know what? When I'm, when I'm with her all the time, I don't do that. So the Old Testament is a picture. He shows us the way, He gives us His word. He provides every need we have. And when you believe upon Jesus as your personal Savior by faith, you you trust in Him, then you have eternal life. And you say, well, that's, that's my ticket to heaven. Yeah, but it's more than that. It's every day. Every day. And that's why we can live a life with Him, walk with Him in dependence, and we're different not because we don't get sick and have cancer and car accidents and financial crisis situations, but because we believe what he says. I want you to pray, Lord, give us today our daily bread. You know what I need. And I think this, and I would just like to, to, to close by, by giving this challenge to you. What God wants is to hear from you. He said, but I'm not really good at praying. You don't need, you know, are your kids have a hard time talking when they need something? Okay, they don't, they don't think about grammar. They don't think about timing. They don't think about anything. I just need something. He says, he's the father. You're the children. He says, come to me. Come to me. Ask me. And you know, if he doesn't answer you right away, then it's either a timing thing or something that's probably not good for you right now he's got something better as i shared earlier god may take away something good and give you something better but he knows that and you trust him and what it does for us as as believers is we walk through this life with the same trials the same difficulties the same heartaches death and disease and tragedy but there is a a calmness and a peace and a joy 
when we believe it. When we believe it. So I'd say this, that when you're, when you're this, when you're doing this, and we all do, so let's not try to pretend, we all do this, there's something you're not seeing about God. Or there's something you're refusing to believe. Because he said, I love you. I sent my son to die for you. I'll provide every need that you have. I'm here. And God wants more than anything to have a personal relationship with you. I'm going to close by giving you a verse. You can write it down in the margin of your Bible. Or you can ask me after the service if you're not ready to write something down. But it's Philippians 4 and verse 19. It's one of those verses that I just go back to again and again and again. And it says, My God will supply all your needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Think about that. My God will supply everything you need out of the abundance of His riches, according to His riches, which are endless, through Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ came into this world not just to give you eternal life, but abundant, joy-filled life. That's what He's done. And so, God wants your heart to get to this place. You know, this request... Give us this day our daily bread is the first thing that is about us. Before, it's our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done as it is on earth as it is in heaven. Then, once we set the foundation for who God is, now we start just pouring out. Lord, give us today our daily bread. We need it. I don't ever see myself becoming a George Mueller. But you know what? There's something to be learned by that. He had such a dependence upon God daily for those kids and such a confidence that he would go in and pray and thank God for the food they were about to eat. And I imagine the kids are probably peeking. You know, thank you for this food. God sees. And may we learn to pray. May we be like the disciples say, Lord, teach us to pray. And he's showing us. So can I challenge you this week? Here's what I want you to leave with. Talk to God about everything. Every need you have. Don't worry about your phrasing and how well it sounds and whether or not he wants that. You just start talking to God about every need that you have. And God is going to draw you close to himself and create a greater dependence and joy in walking with him. Let's bow together as we pray.